Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series entitled Detox, Out with the Old, In with the New. In this series, Dr. Kelly is teaching us how to get rid of the old junk in our lives and make room for the new life that God has for us. Now here's Dr. Benji Kelly with today's podcast. Hey, New Hope Church, I hope you guys are doing fantastic today. I am sure you have had an amazing worship celebration at all of our campuses. I wanted to just stop by and offer a warm welcome to Sharice Nelson McIntosh. She is no stranger to this church. Many of you might recall that she preached here for her very first time on Mother's Day, and she did such an incredible job. And I heard so many amazing comments that I decided to invite her back on this first Sunday in July. Get ready. It's going to be incredible. She is a great communicator. And I'm so thrilled that we get to have her back in the house today as we continue in this series, Detox. I will be back next Sunday. I will bring closure, finale to this series. So don't miss it. But for now... Grab that pen, grab those teaching notes, and let's welcome this woman of God to the stage today to preach the Word of God. Welcome her, New Hope Church. Good morning, New Hope. Good morning, New Hope. How you doing? Good morning, everybody. I give honor to God this morning. To good, good morning to all of the campuses that are joining us. I thank God for our pastor, Pastor Kelly and First Lady Kelly and their absence for trusting me with this opportunity. I'm just ready to serve and ready to preach the word this morning. Are you ready to hear? How many have been enjoying the detox series? I know I have. That word been going in some places and cleaning out some stuff. Amen? Amen. So we're going to dive into the word this morning to continue our series in the detox. Um, So let's turn to Romans chapter number seven. Romans chapter 7, and I'll be reading verses 14 through 25. I'm going to read a little bit today. Is that all right with you? And I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, so you can follow me if you so desire. And the word of the Lord reads us thus. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law. That when I want to do right, evil is close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive. 
captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but my flesh serves the law of sin. I love Paul. Don't you love Paul? He's so intellectually stimulating, isn't he? For a subject this morning, I would like to use coming to terms with my struggle. Coming to terms with my struggle. Paul states that there are two laws that are at work in this world. There is the law of the spirit, which is the ruling influence and control of the Holy Spirit. And there is another law of sin and death, which works in the flesh to bring spiritual death and defeat. And both of these laws are presently at work, or should I say, at war in the lives of every Christian. Paul understood this war well. He said, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that's in my flesh. For the desire to do right is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want to do, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I don't want to do. But if I'm going, if I'm doing the very things I do not want to do, I'm no longer the one that's doing it, but it's the sin that dwells in me. Paul is saying that there is a battle going on and I've come to realize that I can't call upon my flesh to help me because it's my unredeeming flesh that's causing all of the problems. He is saying that I have the right desire, but too often I do the wrong action because the sin principle is at work in my life the sin principle what is the sin principle you know I love it when you all start asking me questions and I love it that you asking me so early in the message but the sin principle is when you commit an offense an action deed or thought that displeases God and is against the word of God So how many of us can relate to what Paul is saying this morning? Is there anyone of us here that has made up our minds to live according to the truths of God and continues to be confronted by the sinful desires that you thought you laid on the altar? The sin principle is something that we all have. It is that part that rears its ugly head every now and then and wants us to rebel against God. This is the part that's within us. If we be honest, this is the part that's that's within us that wants to do what God hates because the sin dwells in us. It sort of hangs out. And we can't get rid of it because we've allowed it to attach itself to our lives. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to face this struggle. I 
I'm so glad that was funny. Turn to the other neighbor, say, neighbor, it's time to face this struggle. Do I hear the same laughter? It was the law that brought home to Paul the reality of sin. Law defines sin and it makes us aware of sin. Apart from the law, sin exists, but the law cannot be designated as sin. The law does more than show us sin for what it is. It provokes sin. Sin seizes the opportunity and arouses within a person a desire to do evil. You don't believe me? Let's go to the word. Verse 7. Paul says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. I wouldn't have never known what lust was if the law told me not to covet. So the law, as you can see here, may discover the sin, but the law cannot conquer or be victorious or subdue sin. The law discovers the defilement of sin, but the law cannot cleanse you or purge you from the sin that has been committed. The law yields no help to the shaking off of the burdens that one gets after committing the act of sin. The only way we can get cleansed, the only way that we can conquer The only way that we can be victorious is through Jesus Christ. Everybody say Jesus. Paul stated in verse 24, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And then he goes on to say, but thanks be to God. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what are you trying to say, Sharice? Jesus is the only one that can purge you. Jesus is the only one that can cleanse you. Jesus is the only one that can help you to live a victorious life and help you to subdue the sin that's in your life. Everybody say Jesus. So Jesus taught that man is born with a bias towards sin. That's what he said, because we are. And he said that man needs to be reborn by the Holy Spirit and made a new creature in him. Jesus came calling all sinners to repentance. For if they remain ignorant in their condition, they would never realize the necessity of regeneration. So Jesus is the savior of man. Jesus is the satisfier of man's deepest needs. My God. And Jesus is the only one that can give you rest from any burden you will ever have in your life. Everybody say Jesus. But he asks nothing of a sinner. But a genuine sorrow for the sin And an unreserved submission or surrender to his claims. And once a person becomes a Christian, 
See, it doesn't stop there. You just don't get saved and that's it. And Jesus expects nothing else of you. Amen. But once we become a Christian, he demands all that you have and all that you are. And that thereafter, nothing and no one can interpose himself and the soul of his follower. Jesus can help us face our struggles. Jesus can help us be delivered from our struggles and cause us to be victorious in all things through the three R's. Everybody say, what's the three R's, Cherise? I'm so glad y'all asking me. (laughs) Repentance, regeneration, and resources. Say it with me. I'm going to say it first and you say it after me. Say repentance. Come on, say it with some power on it. Come on. Repentance, regeneration, and resources. So the first R, repentance. Repentance is simply a change of mind resulting in a change of life. Simple. I'm going to say it again. Repentance is a change of mind resulting in a change of life. Repentance describes that deep and radical change whereby a sinner turns from sin and turns to God. And then it doesn't stop there. They devote every movement of their inner being and their outer man to the things of God. So repentance involves confession. Everybody say confession. First John 1 and 9 states, if you confess your sin, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Mm, that's good, isn't it? Talk back to me. That's good, isn't it? So the second thing that repentance involves is contrition. Say contrition. I like Luke's account of this. Luke 22 verses 61 and 62. It gives an account of how Peter wept bitterly. And Peter wept bitterly because Jesus told Peter that you were going to deny me three times. And Peter was like, no, Lord, uh -uh, I done ate with you. I done walked with you. I done saw everything that you did. You brought stuff to life. You healed people. I was there. I I witnessed show enough. I'm not going to deny who you are. Jesus told Peter, after what? The cock crow. How many times? You're going to deny me. So after Peter heard the third crow, that's when he began to weep bitterly because he was full of contrition. And what contrition is, is a sincere remorse for doing wrong. Sincere. Sincere remorse for doing wrong. So the value of of repentance accompanied by confession and contrition is that it brings the sinner and the God sinned against face to face. The core of repentance is to recognize not what your sinful life has been and has done to and for you, but what your sinful life has been to God. Everybody say contrition. 
So the third thing that repentance involves is change. Everybody say change. Change simply means learning from what you've done. Coming to terms with what you've done. Making it right and applying what you have learned so that the action is never repeated again. Everybody say change. So as we can see here, repentance involves three C's. I done told you about the three R's. Now I'm telling about the three C's. I'm on a roll, right? It, it involves confession, contrition, and change. Now the second R is regeneration. Say regeneration. Repentance brings us to God. While regeneration is the motion of God, whereby we become new creatures in Christ Jesus. Psalms 51 and 10 states, create within me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. As we can see here with David's account, regeneration restores the fellowship with God. A spiritual resurrection into a new life. Regeneration is a change in nature and it's a change in character. When regeneration takes place, your life change, when regeneration takes place in your life, excuse me, change has to take place in your total being regarding every aspect of your life. Nothing in your renewed state or to replicate anything in your life before your regeneration. That is what detox is all about. Out with the old, in with the new. That means some change has to take place. And we have to get out of the habit of living submissively to our habits. If we're not going to do it no more, just don't do it. But don't keep flip-flopping because then that means change really didn't take place. Because you still have the appetite for what you used to do. But when you are a new creature in Christ, all things are passed away. And behold, all things become what? New. So change has to take place. Everybody say change. So when change takes place, you are giving the Holy Spirit full reign and authority to guide you in all things. When change takes place, you begin to think before you do. When change takes place, you no longer do the things that you used to do anymore. So change, regeneration involves change. And it's not to change you for the sake of just changing you. It's changing you also so that you can be a living testimony as to what God can do when his children completely surrender their lives to him. So this isn't all about us. The picture is far greater. It's far bigger. We have to be living testimonies so that other people can see what God has done and see God's glory in our lives. And then they'll ask, what must I do to be saved? So it's just not for you 
for you so that you can be happy all the days of your life, living a victorious life. It's so that you can be the only Jesus that somebody will see and come to know him through your life that you're living. Because at the end of the day, it's all about who? Jesus. Somebody say, thank God for Jesus. So the third R. The third R. Wow, we got here already, huh? The third R is resources. Everybody say resources. God has given us tools to stay on this spiritual journey with him. And one of the tools that he's given us are the scriptures. Say the scriptures. Proverbs 6.22, Solomon describes the holy scriptures in such a beautiful way. He says, when thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. And I like John's summary of chapter 5, verse 39. Jesus says in summary, search the scriptures because they testify of me. You want to know who I am? Get into the word of God. You want to know what I'm capable of doing? Get into the word of God. You want clarity and understanding? Get into the word of God. The scriptures reveal God to us. The scriptures gives us instructions on how to live on earth. The scriptures are our tool to live a victorious and triumphant life. The scriptures help us to make better decisions, to live better, to act better, and just to be better all the way around. The scriptures go into the innermost parts and it cleanses us and it takes root in us. And it enables us to walk as transformed witnesses of God's mercy, of God's grace, of God's power, and of God's abundant and unconditional love. Everybody say, thank God for the word. So another resource that he's given us is prayer. Say prayer. I love Ian Bounds reference when he talks, talks about the importance of prayer. And it reads, can we read it together on the screen? Let's read all together. Nothing is well done without prayer for the simple reason it leaves God out of the account. That's profound, isn't it? So prayer, as you can see, is extremely important for the believer. Prayer strengthens us and draws us closer to God. Prayer gives us confidence in God, contentment in God, and a peace that's only found in him. Prayer, what I really love about prayer, say, what is it? It gives us unrestricted access to him. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks out of a year, 12 months in a year, 365 days non-leap year, 366 days during leap year. There is no time that I cannot talk to God because I have unrestricted access to him. I don't need my mother. I don't need 
thank God for prayer. So the third tool he's given us is the church. Say the church. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves. Not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another as so much the more as you see the day approaching. So what the Bible is telling us is forsake not the assembly of the righteous. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves. Meaning you come to church when you feel like it, when you don't feel like it. When you're happy or when you're sad. When you're frustrated or when you're celebrated. Come to the house of God. This is our infirmary. This is our stop station so that we can get refueled. This is the place where we get answers to our questions. This is the place that we get perspective on new things that's going on in our lives. This is the place where we get clarity when our hearing and our vision has been clouded by circumstances and society. This is the place where we can come and lift our hands unashamed and give God glory out of a pure heart with all of our mind, with all of our soul. This is the place. Y'all have to forgive me, but I get excited when God tells me what I have so that I can enjoy him. Somebody say, come to church. Turn to your neighbor and say, come to church. People don't want to get up in your house. Leave them. Come to church. I did that last week. My husband said, I'll be right back. Can you come right back? I was gone. Because I have determined in my life, I'll let nothing separate me from the love of Christ. I'll let nothing come in between that which I have committed to do as a fellow kingdom builder, as a fellow kingdom worker. So our last resource. Everybody said, what is it? We have each other. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Colossians 3, 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Who? Say it again. In psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So in closing, we all have our share of struggles. We all have our share of trials and tribulations. But for the detox to begin, for the detox to continue, we got to face them. We have to be honest with ourselves and admit to them. We can't keep sweeping stuff under the rug. Because when you keep sweeping and you keep walking by and you keep sweeping... And walking by, after a while, you're going to trip and fall because there's a mountain under that rug of stuff that you have not dealt with or you thought you could just push it under there for a moment. But we have to admit that we have struggles. You know less of who you are. If anything, it strengthens you to admit something. When you go to AA, what they say, the first thing you got to do is what? Admit that you're what? Admit that you're an addict, alcoholic of some sort. You got to admit it first. You can't just go in there and say, my name is Sharice. They're going to say, why are you here? 
So I got to come to terms with what I'm struggling with. Because when you come to terms with it, then there is help for you. And when you come to terms with it, then we know how to help you. So we got to admit that we have them. And then turn your heart to Jesus. Turn your heart to Jesus. You say, I repented and asked the Lord to be my savior a long time ago. But now with this struggle, you still got to crucify your flesh daily. Because Paul said, no good thing dwells in me. So that means I got to check myself 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because the desire is there. So you got to turn your heart to Jesus. Through repentance, acknowledging that you cannot live a righteous life on your own. And giving God full and complete authority to be Lord of your life. And trusting him through every aspect of your life. And trusting him with every step that you take. For the good steps, for the steps are ordered by God anyway. And then you have to use your resources to keep you strengthened in him. Everybody stand. Jesus wants us to be victorious. Jesus wants us to live a life free of struggling. Because he wants to take care of that for you. So that you can be everything that he's designed for you to be. So I encourage you today, ask the Savior to help you, comfort, strength, and he'll keep you. He is able to help you. Jesus will carry you through. If you believe that, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless your name, God. For assembling us in this place at this time, at this hour. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have purpose in us. And God, you want us to be free of those issues that have been plaguing us and have bounding us, oh God, all of this time. God, things that we thought we we given to you, but we've been holding on to them, oh God. God, forgive us for holding on to those struggles. That's permitting us from being all that we can be in you. Father, we repent, God, and ask for mercy and grace and for forgiveness in the name of Jesus. God, we want to be all that you want us to be. God, we want to be people that's fit for your use, God. We want to be vessels of honor for you, Lord God. God, we want to be the chosen generation, your royal priesthood and peculiar people. God, we want to be your witnesses in the land that brings you nothing but glory. So God, we lay our issues on the altar in the name of Jesus. Clean us out, God. Renew a right spirit within us so that we can have liberty and freedom in you. In the name of Jesus, help us to utilize our tools. Help us, oh God. God, give us a hunger and a thirst after your word. In the name of Jesus, God, help us to study our word daily, Father. In the name of Jesus, help us to apply everything that we read to our lives to help us be better. In the name of Jesus, God, give us over to a life of prayer. God, teach us how to carve out time to spend with you. 
Help us to commit to that in Jesus' name. Help us to attend church when we want to, when we don't want to. Help us to see the importance of assembling ourselves amongst the saints in the name of Jesus. And God, help us to encourage one another. Help us to undergird one another. Help us to hold each other up in the name of Jesus. Help us to fellowship with one another. Help us to be honest and pure with one another in the name of Jesus. Help us to love each other. Help us to honor honor each other in the name of Jesus, knowing that we're all part of this one great body of Christ in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your son. We thank you that everything we need lies within him. We thank you that we can be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. We thank you for Jesus. God, keep us ever focused on your son. So that'll be our drive. That'll be our determination. That'll be our motivation. In the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody who loves God say amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for his word. Thank God for prayer. Thank God for the church. Thank God for each other. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. May God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.